So your interpretation of what he was trying to do or what he was intending to do or anything along those lines is complete guesswork, isn't it? Um, well, he said, f*** you, and then he reached for the weapon. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, David. And I'm Wolfie. Hey, and we're back together we're, again. We're back again. Yeah, that's what uh, uh been watching the Rittenhouse trial all week. Um all, mm-hmm. all week last week and this week and uh well we'll get into the details but <clears throat> i mean guess from the the 30,000 foot view of it um in my opinion yeah this case should have never even went to trial i mean there's nothing to even try i mean it no i can't see how anybody <clears throat> the only thing i think that it has shown is uh how horribly biased mainstream media is um, how little the average person pays attention to anything out there. They're ju- they just get their little either a thirty second soundbite or they read part a portion of a headline. Well, I think it also shows that the woke mob can affect uh, things. Because I mean, if if there weren't people complaining about this, you know, oh, he's a murderer. You know, you need to. Put him on trial, right? Well, there are a lot of people think, that are. I don't think this it would have it would have went to trial, right? And it's it, like it should have never went to trial. No, in my opinion, there's one part where the uh, uh, the judge makes a comment about not wanting it to be political, um, mm-hmm. not wanting it to get political as far as because the prosecutor when he's I can't remember who he was uh, questioning, but. Uh, He's implying that they have a uh, a right leaning bias, um, mm-hmm. and made a decision based off of their their uh, politics um, or their association. And uh, the judge immediately, you know, shut that down, and you know, was saying that a person's political leanings has no bearing um, on the facts. And uh, when he said he didn't want it to get political. You could see uh, um, the prosecutor just kind of shrugged and kind of rolled his eyes a little bit like, uh, too late, Um, because he understands Mm -hmm. that the whole thing is nothing but political. He said it. It's out there now. It's not like you can erase it from the minds of the jury. Right. It's it's in there now. And that's that's why he sit there and rolled his eyes and shrugged, because he knew. And it doesn't matter if you object to it or not, Judge. I've said it. It's out there. It's in their heads. Right. What are you going to? You can't like go in, reach in, and take that out. But you know, his- but I mean, I think it, one of the good things that I did see happen was uh, last week. Uh, the prosecuting attorney was 
berating Rittenhouse because he didn't make a statement to the police. Oh yeah, until he had, attorney, because, until he yeah. had an attorney present, right? You know, and the judge is like, he's got a constitutional right to not talk. Right. I mean, when they arrest you, they tell you you have the right to remain silent. Right. Period. And uh, he, know, that's in that's in your rights when they read you your rights. You know, that was part of the the defenses because the defense. <clears throat> made the claim well it started with like just shortly before that the prosecutor he um because there there was some evidence some stuff that was not relevant at all to the case that came up during pre-trial um that the judge is like there's there's no reason for any of this to be in the in the trial so it was completely excluded uh not admissible well, so the prosecutor, um, he brings it up while he's uh, questioning Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, and so the judge immediately, you know, halts it, gets the jury out of there, you know, and then kind of tears him up because of that, you know, that we discuss this. This isn't, you're not going to sneak backdoor stuff in, you know, to the trial that way. Um, and then right after it is when they did the, the fifth amendment thing with, the uh, you know, um, him, him chewing him out for a constitutional violation. And then that's when the, the defense threw out, um, or let them know that they're going to be making a motion for, you know, um, a mistrial based off of those two things. <clears throat> and he was implying that the prosecution was doing it in, uh, intentionally. They could get a mistrial. Um, to get another another shot at it because they know they're losing so bad at this time. <laughs> but there's no there's no way to there's no way oh, to no. spin this. To no. it, I mean, there's just not. No, I think I think they would hope for maybe a better jury pool or a different jury pool. I mean, I don't know what the logic behind it was, but he got the judge on record to say because the judge told him. You know, or he was trying to explain to the judge he was making a good faith effort that he was acting in good faith um, by presenting that that he thought he was doing. And the judge this? told him, how, "I don't believe you." How about this for a scenario? Uh, they go for a mistrial so that the other side can say, "See how corrupt the system is," and point to this as being, you know, see how corrupt the system is. This should have been a, a cut and dry, open and closed case of this kid shooting these people, but it didn't happen because the system's corrupt. We got to tear the system down, and this is a perfect example of how corrupt the system is, and we got to remake it. How about that? Right. Well, the judge told him that if he accepts their, you know, their plea for mistrial, that he would do it with prejudice. Um, so they wouldn't even get another shot at it. It'd be done. But it doesn't matter if done. they get another shot at it or not. Uh, They're going to yeah. hold this case. No, 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 no. They're going to hold this case up as a golden, shining example of why the American judicial system is broken and why it doesn't work. Because right, but that that's going to. And it doesn't matter if they get a conviction or right, not. Right, that's still going to happen. That's the whole point. But the whole. So the, you, but see, all of it comes down to Kyle, an yeah. innocent person. Who should be free? Um, yes, he should be. So that would be the main result of 
of that. I mean, I understand that the judicial system as a whole is more important than this one case. You know, the, the, sure it is. the but, I mean, stability and... They've said, they have said in the past that they want to tear down all the systems because they're all racially... They're, they're, what is it? The, what kind of racism is it that they say is in America now? The, Systematic. Uh, Systemic. Huh? Systemic, yes. This is just another symptom of the systemic racism in here because we got a white judge and a white person, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, we had the majority of people. the country is white, so we had a white person shoot three white people, and then they're being yeah, tried see, in that, front of a white jury. Gonna, that's where they're gonna they're gonna gloss that over. <laughs> right. They're just gonna hold this up as an example. Of see the system doesn't work. Well, here I, I we've got, got to we've got to replace it, and this is the example that they're going to use. Here I've got this audio clip. <clears throat> a, it, this is the media how they've portrayed him here recently. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the armed teenage vigilante. A 17-year-old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse. A guy who's deeply racist went with weapons to a Black Lives Matter protest looking to get in trouble. He did. He murdered a couple of people. Rittenhouse, uh, 17-year-old kid, just running around shooting and killing protesters. You see the 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. A white, Trump-supporting, MAGA-loving uh, Blue Lives Matter social media uh, uh, partisan, 17 years old, picks up a gun, drives from one state to another with the intent to shoot people. See, and there is so much. I hate to use the word misinformation and all of the. Just, the no, no, that is. Right, but I mean, any more. Just, just outright lies. Just use the right, right it's, yeah. It's not misinformation, it's a lie. Right. Number and one, and I don't they think know it. That and that's why Do they know it. Oh, yeah. And they're painting him with this brush as being this vigilante person or school shooter person because they're trying to make him look as evil as possible. And they know the trial's going to end up either in a mistrial or it's going to end up with him being considered innocent. And then they're going to take this trial and they're going to hold it up as a this is it. This is why we got to burn the system down right here. Yeah. This is the prime example. These people couldn't get justice. Because the white supremacist Kyle Rittenhouse, and obviously the judge is a white supremacist too, because he let him free. So now we got to just wash it all down. We got to burn it all down and rebuild it better. And you know, it doesn't matter if that's what they think and say, as long as the system works. Who cares? Yeah, but uh, now uh, the problem so is with the the problem is with the Derek Chauvin case. Where they say that and say that and say that, and it influences the jury. And the system doesn't work in that case. Because yeah, most of those jury how, were scared. I don't see how you, they could have... Pro, I mean, the dude had enough fentanyl in his system right, to but, kill himself. He took it of his own... Chauvinal didn't take the fentanyl and shove it down the man's throat and make him swallow it. If so, then yes, I'm totally with you. Send the man to jail. He should go. But he didn't do that. The man took his own stash. And it's like I've told you before, he was a drug dealer. 
and he would have sold drugs to every one of you people that are out there protesting in the streets and burning down houses and burning down buildings and businesses and burning cars and, and flipping stuff and hurting people. He would have sold drugs to every one of your kids and he wouldn't have cared if they OD'd or not. He wouldn't have cared. He'd got his 20 bucks worth or 50 bucks worth or whatever it is for that goes for on the streets. And he would have went happily on his way and he wouldn't have cared that he killed your kid. Right. But all of a sudden, oh, he's just the greatest thing since sliced bread. St. Floyd. No, 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 no. He's not good. He's evil. But, I, like you said, <clears throat> I, I can't see how anybody is, could is going to. But when you put it in the hands of a jury, you never know. Kind of like a boxing yeah, match. You, you never know you when never it goes to the judges. But they did this morning. They dropped the gun charge and the um, trespass, or not trespassing, but the uh, curfew charge, the two lesser charges. They dropped both of those. Because, mm-hmm. see, I, I've been thinking this whole time. The jury is going to... There's no... I, I just can't imagine that they can get a unanimous decision to find him guilty on any of the actual murder charges. Um, so I, would, I don't see, really see how they can either. No. I mean, the one guy was lunging at him, trying to take his gun away from him. Right. The other guy was beating him or attempting to beat him with a skateboard, which, I mean, okay, it's a skateboard, it's, but it's still, it's like taking a two-by-four to somebody. That's a deadly weapon if used right. in the right way. If you try to you know, bash somebody's skull in with it, it becomes a deadly weapon. And the other guy had a gun. And he said on the stand, as long as I had my hands up, Rittenhouse didn't do anything. As soon as I pointed my gun at him, he shot me. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I've got that clear. There you too. go. But yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of videos of people getting leveled. Here's here's one of the... What's this? Somebody getting leveled with a skateboard? Yeah. There we go. Sad boy's out. Yeah, he is. And since they had a really good video picture of that man, he should be in jail. Oh, yeah. But probably won't be. Yeah, probably won't. You're right. Probably won't be. But he should be. But uh, for assaulting another person and attempted murder, because I mean, yeah. if you're taking a skateboard up to somebody's head, you know that's. I mean, that's deadly force. I mean, all of this started in, or at least in Kenosha. I mean, all of it started, I guess, technically because, uh, like you said, uh, George Floyd is what kind of kicked off the 2020 riot season. Um, but in Kenosha, it was pretty much from Jacob Blake was what uh, mm-hmm. what are you doing? you building Legos? Uh, but no, I'm not building Legos. I'm sorry. Something fell off the wall. I'm trying to put it back. Crap. I'll just quit. Sorry. I, <laughs> but I all, too of, much noise. all of it started on... Uh, yeah, back what uh, August twenty third is when Jacob Blake got shot. 
So then, like yeah, the, the guy next that day, the knife on the is he the one that pulled the knife on the cops? Yeah. And or that, was attempting to? But he attempting went to, his car to and yeah. Going to pull a knife after they had already fought him. with him and tasered him. Um, mm -hmm. But to he, yeah. uh, um, and they shot him seven times, um, and uh, he he survived. He was just paralyzed. But uh, none of those officers were charged, which they shouldn't have been. I don't think they should have been. That was a clean shoot. Right. You got um, somebody that's not paying attention and not doing what you've asked them to do. They go well, to their car. They're reaching for a weapon right. to attack you with. Right. But it wasn't that he just went to his car. It's just that they had already fought with him. They were already on the ground with him. They had already mm -hmm. tased him. And none yes. of that worked. And he still went for a weapon. Yes. So, and But either way, when you're fighting, when it's hand-on-hand, hand-to-hand, -hand, hand you... You as an officer with your gun in your holster fighting with somebody, that's not that person's not unarmed anymore. They, depending on how the hand to hand goes, has your gun. Yes. They, so they very well you can. can't say that's that person that's, that's is an unarmed they person. Teach in the academy is weapon retention. Right. And it's one of the things that they stress. If someone goes for your gun, weapon retention, you have got to fight harder and meaner than you have ever fought before to make sure they don't take your weapon away from you right because if they take it they are more than likely probably going to kill you and some more yes. people yes probably kill you and maybe some bystanders right and if not kill you they're at least going to they're probably going to shoot you right which whether is whether they kill you or not it's another issue which is what annoyed me so much of the prosecutor in this case because he belittled the fact that people were constantly trying to take his his gun from him, his weapon from him. And they were like, but you had your, your, your shoulder strap on. It was strapped to your body. They, they wouldn't be able to really take it, even though he was bigger than you and could fight with you. It was still strapped to you. So you were in no danger, you know. But And then today, <clears throat> today the prosecutor during his uh, closing said um, that the, the fact that Kyle brought the gun to the riots, the fact that he brought a weapon into that scenario, um, meant he forfeited his right to self-defense. Which is... Why? Makes, he wouldn't, he Why didn't, would he forfeit your right to self-defense just because you have the ability to right. defend yourself? That's kind of like these people that are mad at Israel because Iron Dome works. Because he's throwing all kinds of garbage out there because the judge is allowing him to say stuff. I mean, he, t he as a prosecutor, not just asking questions, he was testifying about stuff. He would mm -hmm. ask a little question and he would kind of go off when they started talking about ballistics and different guns and stuff like that. Um, which, I mean, I've got a lot mm -hmm. of those clips, but some of my favorite was, yeah, when he starts... Uh, um, well, here, well, we're all over the place. Let's go back to the order that the the shootings actually happened, I guess. You know, this, the Kyle, I guess, he, he showed up. He, him, there's pictures of him and his friends and his sister, his younger sister was there with him earlier in the night. And they were at the high school, you know, scrubbing off. Uh, graffiti that had been painted on the school building. So they're out there scrubbing mm -hmm. and cleaning and picking up trash and doing cleaning up riot mess from the night before. 
Yes. Um, being being what would be considered in any other time and any other place, being a good citizen. Right. Which the prosecution kept pointing, wanting to point out is you didn't live in this community. This is not your community. Um, Does it really matter if you live in that community or not? No. Let's say, let's just for example, let's just say a disaster hits Abingdon, and I live in Bristol. That's ten minutes up the road, right? You know, and that's the rough, most I of that's roughly know? how or, he well, was. Here's here's an even better example. Your uh, mother and father in law live up in Glade Spring. The tornado came through, right? Wrecked part of their house. Now, yeah, you were up there, I not, or should I not? Come? I came up to help out, right? Should I not have done that because it wasn't my community? According no, to this prosecutor, I but I mean, all he's doing is throwing out everything he can think of to, um, I know, and it doesn't make any sense. But he's trying to make he's, he's just going to throw the jury. because he's hoping something will stick to the wall. Right. He wants yeah. he wants one juror to go. Yeah, he shouldn't have been there. What was he doing there? But the fact that mm-hmm. they threw out the curfew charge this morning. So yeah. that's not going to the jury. And the gun charge, the mm-hmm. unlawful gun charge, isn't going to the jury. Um, and the fact, see, that's, I was expecting it to all come down. I was thinking that the, they were, the jury was going to, you know, split the baby kind of thing, like they keep saying. Um, that they would, some of them would say, we're not trying for, we're not going for anything. And some I imagine there's a few jurors that are like, well, we have to convict him of something. People are just going to be upset if we don't. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And that, sh- that right there, that mentality should not enter into the deliberations of this man's guilt or innocence. Right. Just because someone outside the, the courtroom is going to be upset. If the man's innocent, he's innocent. If he's guilty, he's guilty. Right. The facts, in my opinion, show that he's not guilty, that he is innocent. He should have never been brought up on charges to begin with, in my opinion, but he was. But I, I don't think, like I said, that should not be a consideration at all. Right. And the judge. But we all know it is. But we all know it is because look at what happened with the, uh, the, uh, and the right. George Floyd case. Yeah, that's exactly. It's how like, it oh, happened. if you don't, if you don't find him guilty, we're going to burn your city down again. And what did they do? They found him guilty. But the judge, he uh, when he was doing. Uh, the given the instructions to the jury today he uh um talking you know because they charged him with first degree on the two mm-hmm. on Tom rosenbaum and uh what was the other anthony huber was the other guy that died the skateboard guy he uh they charged him with first degree on those so uh, and now they have lesser charges that they could step them down um i mean the the first guy that he killed called Rittenhouse, I think, an a-hole and told him he was going to take his gun away from him and he was going to kill him. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, one of the uh, independent journalists that was there videoing when yeah. they had him on yeah. the stand. Here, I've got that clip. They, he said, this guy I said stepped in and told everybody, chill out, calm down, stop doing that. I turned and had an exchange with one of the protesters and I kind of explained to that protester, hey, you know, I get it, get what you're trying to do, but like not this. And when I turned around, Rosenbaum was right there in front of my face, yelling and screaming. And I would say, dude, back up, just chill, 
don't know what your problem is. And he goes, you know what? If I catch any of you guys alone tonight, I'm going to f- kill you. And he said that to you? Correct. Did he say that to the defendant as well? The defendant was there. So, yes. Yeah. So, and then Kyle testified that he said it to him later, that he told him that he was going to kill him and that he was going to cut his heart out. So, he said he's going to kill him. So, what? Rittenhouse shouldn't took him at his word? Right. So like, here, here, here's okay. one. Well, I mean, here's Richie McGinnis. Richie McGinnis, when the shooting happened, he was <clears throat> he's he's a reporter with Daily Caller, and he wasn't looks like in the video maybe 15 feet away from Rosenbaum mm-hmm. when he got shot because he was kind of following up. He's the one. Uh, Richie McGinnis is the one that right after Kyle shot him. Um, he's the one that came up and took his shirt off and was trying to uh, uh, offer aid, uh, stop right. the bleeding, whatever. But here was uh, Richie's when he was uh, crossed. I mean, you have no idea what Mr. Rosenbaum was ever thinking at any point in his life. You have never been inside his head. You never met him before. You don't. I've, I've never even. I've never exchanged words with him. If that's what your question is. So your interpretation of what he was trying to do or what he was intending to do or anything along those lines is complete guesswork, isn't it? Um, well, he said, F- you, and then he reached for the weapon. Right then, that's it. <laughs> yeah. that's, trial's over. That's enough, at least as far yeah, as I he's mean, concerned. He thought he was being you know, smart with right. the direction he was going with his questioning. And then you know, w- w- you're talking to a guy that was like no more than – Five or ten feet away from the guy, fifteen yeah. feet maybe, and he hears him say "f you," I want to kill you, right? And then so, reaches for the man's gun. You, you never, yes. and, those, yes. okay. and these I'm, are I'm all not a mind reader. I'm not a mind reader, but I did actually hear the words that came out of his mouth, and that's what they said. That's right. what he said. So, and and those were all prosecution witnesses. <laughs> oh, that's really bad. Too. So I mean, and he's got, he's asking open-ended questions to his people and letting them run with it, which is... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which makes me wonder exactly... Like I said, my first thought is the one that I'm sticking with. He's being so incredibly bad at it so that when it does eventually come back that there's not going to be a conviction. It's going to be one of the cases that they throw up in everybody's faces saying, look, see... There's too much systemic racism. We've got to take the system totally apart. Yeah. And we've got to put it back together with new values and stuff like that. And yeah, now it's not a perfect system. And I will admit it's not. Yeah. But it's the best system that I've seen on the face of the planet. But like we yeah. said with the judge, the way he was laying out the directions for the jury, um, he when he was explaining it to him, as far as when they're reviewing the first degree charge and looking at it through the lens of self-defense that's what he was saying if you because there's only five charges left now the Mm -hmm. the the two first degree for the two that died attempted first for the one uh the gage grace christ or however you say his name that survived the one that got shot in the bicep and then two wanton endangerment because he shot in the direction of people like when he shot Rosenbaum because Richie McGinnis, the one who testified just there, there is a charge mm-hmm. 
against Kyle for endangering him because he was so close in that direction when he shot. Um, right. He didn't hit any of those people. He only hit the people, the pedophiles he that he was his, aiming at. He only um, hit his target. Yeah, he hit the people the who were attempting to cause him harm. I could have went to Kenosha myself. I could have went to Kenosha myself and strapped an AR-15 on my person and walked right down the center of the street. Right. I could have done this. And here's the thing. My actions are what they are, okay? Right. But every single person that turns to decide to engage me, that's on them. Right. They could, every one of them, the, the guy that they killed the first, the first person he killed, instead of trying to tell him, hey, I'm going to kill you, he could have turned and walked away and went in the other direction. Nothing forced him to stay there. Nothing forced him to confront Mr. Rittenhouse. And nothing, but no, he did. And he said he was going to kill him, and he ended up dead himself. Yeah, here's Kyle's testimony when He's, the prosecutor was trying to get him to talk about him and that shooting. Somebody that you shot at that night you intended to kill, correct? I didn't intend to kill them. I intended to, I intended to stop the people who were attacking me. By killing them? I did what I had to do to stop the person who was attacking me. By killing them? Two of them passed away, but I stopped the threat from attacking me. By using deadly force? I used deadly force. That you knew was going to kill them? I didn't know if it was going to kill them, but I, I, used the, I used deadly force to stop the threat that was attacking me. You intentionally used deadly force against Joseph Rosenbaum, correct? Yes. You intentionally used deadly force against the man who came and tried to kick you in the face, yes. correct? You intentionally used deadly force against Anthony Huber, correct? Yes. You intentionally used deadly force against Gage Grosskreutz, correct? Yes. With regard to Joseph Rosenbaum, you fired four shots at him, correct? Yes. You intended to kill him, correct? I didn't intend to kill him. I intended to stop the person who was attacking me and trying to steal my gun. See, he's a better witness than, than that prosecutor is an attorney. Yeah, whoever, I mean, this kid's either incredibly intelligent or he's, he, and I'm sure he I, probably has been coached. I, I think it's more him because I'm not a huge fan of his defense. They, now, I think they have a lot of confidence in him. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, he never should have been on the stand. You don't put, you, you don't put your, you know, the accused on the stand. That's just like, especially Unless when, you, especially when so you're winning. Bleak that there's no other way to get around right. it. But they went with it, and I think it was because they had so much confidence in his ability to withstand that pressure. But yeah, and right there was a perfect example of oh, it. Yeah. I mean, he did not cave at all. He stick, and that's exactly what you do when you shoot. Me personally, if I have to pull a weapon, you know, off off of a battlefield. Now, if I'm on a battlefield in combat, then when I point a gun at something and I pull the trigger, I want that thing dead. Right. Off of the battlefield, yeah, it's different in, story. In a situation like this, if I've got to pull a weapon on somebody, it's because they're a threat to me. Yeah, you're, you're just eliminating threats. Family. You're not elim eliminating enemies. Hmm? I What's said, that? yeah, you're just eliminating the threat, not eliminating exactly. the enemy. When yeah, it's on no, the battlefield, you're eliminating enemies. That's all I want. I yeah. want to stop the threat, and as soon as I can stop the threat, if I can then render aid, then okay, I will. But 
if somebody is threatening me or my family, my, my, then I'm just, I'm, I'm doing what I'm having to do to stop a threat against me and mine. Yeah. Once that's over with, I switch modes into what kind of aid can I, if, if there's any, you know, any reason for right. aid, if I, you know. But in his situation, he had to con- continue to remove himself from the situation because, yes, because, because it was, it was just off. growing. Right. Um, but, uh, so, but back to the judge um, issuing the uh, the instruction to the jury. He told them that if while they're you know going over the the first charge, the first degree, once they uh, it, once they determine if they determine that he's not guilty of that because of self defense, if they agree on the self defense use, they don't even have to consider any of the lesser charges. Hmm. It's over. As soon as you think he didn't commit the first charge because of self-defense, it's over. Yeah. So. And it should be. It should be. There shouldn't be any. Right. Like I said, I they, really they got rid of the gun charge. And, come back with a conviction. No. I like I said. I thought the only thing they would do would be they would split the baby and come back with the, the gun charge. And that would have been it. Just because, like, well, maybe he shouldn't have been out there. He's 17 with a gun. Even though the judge eventually threw it out. Because by the letter of the law, he wasn't breaking the law. Because he was over the age of 16. And in that state, long guns, they can possess them if they're 16 or over. Right. So the judge just threw And it's like I said, if I'm walking down the street with an AR strapped across my chest in the exact same situation... Which I mean, I know now I'm an adult and he's right. he's a juvenile at the time, but every single person that is out there protesting, and I'm using that word very lightly because they right. were out there rioting. Yeah, there were, were at, that, at that point there was no protest going on. It was nothing but rioting. Exactly. But here's the thing: every single individual, when they see me walking down the street with an AR strapped across my chest, they've got two choice. They've got one or two choices to make: one, turn around and go the other way. Or two, come over and confront me and try to, you know, take my weapon away from me or just confront me and just be, you know. Or just be around you and be civil because there's no need to be afraid because just because you have a gun does not mean you're a combatant. You have to be afraid of me. Exactly. So. But they. uh, But see, all these people that he shot at and two he killed and one of them he injured. Every one of them had the opportunity to turn around and leave. Right. But they didn't. They wanted to they wanted to get their pound of flesh out of this kid and he was able to stop them. Do you know what I this is what I really wonder is what would the news be saying about this incident if Rittenhouse would have been there and these people killed him? Nothing. You never would have even heard it. He would have been David Dorn, another person who died during a riot. Who was David yeah. Dorn was there protecting property mm-hmm. when they shot and killed him, and it was over. Yeah, and most yeah, play, most news did never even covered his name. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we probably would have never heard of it. Right, and no, it, no one would have cared. And a lot of the 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 conservative media 
covered it because well first of all it should be covering it he i mean he was a decorated officer he was i think police chief at one time he was retired oh, yeah some place he was i think yeah, he was, he was retired now um mm-hmm. but he was out there protecting you know uh a, either a friend's business or something i don't remember the exact business but like here's this uh let me switch this over right there he pops him in the arm right that's the last one he shot that's the gauge gross card this guy right is that here the one that, that's the one that pulled the pistol had the pistol right? yeah this guy right here takes one step towards him kyle points his gun at him gets up on his knee that guy puts his hands up and backs up kyle doesn't shoot him kyle turns and walks away see him mm-hmm. so he's like all right no threat no need to shoot so their whole idea of he was just out there to kill people. No, he only shot direct threats to his safety. Yes. And that right there, that little piece of video is a perfect example of that. And then you can hear all these gunshots in the back going off. People are shooting from all over. And I imagine some people are shooting at him. Some people, Who knows? But, I mean, there's just gunshots. Um, See, all these people out there armed. And it's all because of that, but... Oh well, um, but uh, the which you had mentioned it. Here's I got a clip of the Gage Groskreit talking about um, when the defense asked him about when Kyle shot him. When you were standing three to five feet from him with your arms up in the air, he never fired, right? Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him. With your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. See? Okay, you pointed your gun at him, and he shot you. Is there a problem Mm -hmm. with that? No, there's not a problem with that at all. I mean... And here is that... You pointed pointed the business end of a weapon at an individual. Here's how MSNBC reported it. Here's how MSNBC reported it. That evening, after his testimony. Deadly night in Kenosha, Grosskreutz came across Rittenhouse after he had shot and killed Joseph Rosenbaum and was about to kill Anthony Huber. Grosskreutz acknowledged that he was armed with a pistol, but says his hands were raised when he was shot by Rittenhouse. That's nowhere near what he had just said. No, it's not. And it wasn't like that was like six months earlier. Right. You see how the, most people aren't being able to sit and watch this footage, and they're getting their news about this trial through these people. Right. And their COVID, the narrative that they're painting is is totally wrong, especially in this case right here. 
it's just like you know rogan said to that sandre gupta guy your your network lies they tell lies why do you work for a network that tells lies because you're okay with it that's why but anyway so that, with them reporting it this way when the guy eventually does get off and i think he will there's going to be a huge upswell of oh, people yeah. that are so they're going to be pissed off and like i said they're going to hold it up as being oh this is you know this is a perfect example of why the system's broken they let this kid off. Because the first guy comes up, throws a rock, hits him, hits him in the back of the head with a rock. And then another guy throws a brick. Yes, all these people right now, all they're doing is acting like a freaking pack of wolves. They're not human beings right now, in my opinion, yeah. with the way they're acting. People chasing a 17-year-old kid just because he's got a weapon, throwing rocks at him, throwing bricks at him, trying to hurt him. And they're pissed off because they weren't able to succeed in doing it because he defended himself with a weapon. Yeah. he's The police are right down here at the end of this street. They've got a barricade set up, and that's where he walks down to, to uh, turn himself in. I mean, that was the whole point of going up through there. But yet, when the media reports it, is that he was just running up through the street, just shooting. You know, he's a Random white. He's people. a he's a white. He's a he's a a white not a white supremacist. I couldn't think of the word supremacist. They calling mm-hmm. him a white supremacist. Went to a BLM riot or BLM protest and just shooting protesters. Which is the furthest from the truth. Yeah. Now, the crazy part about it is he goes up to this first police car, tells that officer that he had shot, he shot some people, and he tells him mm-hmm. to go home or he's going to pepper spray him <laughs> to get back. <laughs> probably because the police officer's thinking, good, you probably shot people that yeah. deserved it. Well, earlier in the night, that him and the group that he was with... That's what the police were telling them. They were moving their barricades, which was going to push the rioters more in their direction, and told them that you deal with them. Say so, what now? Repeat that again. All right. The way the barricades they have they have different like zones set up, right? Uh-huh. C- kind of con- trying to contain the riots. Um, and the they keep calling it a militia, but it was just him and a group of people. All of them out there. They were all armed. They were protecting. The, there was, I think, three different car lots that they were that they were hired to protect. But they were doing all kinds of other things too. But the police had, because they had interacted with the police multiple times throughout the night. But they told Did them, Kyle and, Kyle and his group of people. Yes, and okay. they told them that they were moving their their barricades in one area, which was going to push more of the the rioters towards one of the car lots. So it was going to kind of push it down towards more of where they were and just said that y- you just deal with them cuz kind of like we don't want to mess with them. You know, we're just trying right. to, we're just containing it. We're keeping them basically they were keeping them in the rough neighborhoods. 
we don't want you to get out mm-hmm. into the nicer neighborhoods is what it ultimately come down to. But well, whatever it comes down to, in my opinion, the the law should have been there, and whoever the governor of that state is, or even the the mayor of the city, they they should have called out the national guard. They were offered the said, national guard, and they declined. They should have took it. Yeah. They should have took it. But because they know that they their police department isn't going to be big enough to stop a big huge bunch of rioters. Period. That's why you got to show up with superior force. Here's that one clip I pulled uh when the judge got mad. And and as people do stupid things like throw bricks and throw rocks and throw frozen bottles of water at people, you go into the crowd, you find out who they are, right. you put cuffs on them, you take them to jail, and you charge them with assault. <clears throat> well, all right, let me play first. Let me play before I play the judge one. Here's one of Elijah where we were watching his his channel was what we were looking at earlier. That's Elijah Schaefer. He's talking about it, and uh, here's a clip that I thought kind of fit. I, I, did, I did want to point this out because people that don't track this story – is like Kyle was definitely a part of this group of people who were successfully, and I will say successfully protecting property. And I always want people to know that, that the police dug in and a, a, made a line at the courthouse, and they were defending the courthouse, but they did not defend property. And what we learned in 2020 was that police don't defend property. They don't care about your property. They do not, they do, not do anything to keep your property from being destroyed. And people realize that that was a major issue. Well, you had, you had an officer actually on the stand admit that. Uh, earlier this week that um, in the in the trial that he actually admitted that, you know, we made the decision, you know, or the call went out basically that we're not going to defend if it's he said, if it's just property, we're not going to respond. Which I mean, I guess I understand when you've got thousands or tens of thousands or in some of these riots, some of these areas where hundreds of thousands of people into the bigger cities ones. You have a limited force. You have a limited police force. You have, a, even with the National Guard, you're still limited. So you have to, you know, kind of make some sort of concessions that we're going to allow this and we're going to focus on protecting lives first. But it turns into like uh, watching some of the riots. I remember seeing one when there there was a, a big line of police at. Uh, where, uh, it might it might have been in Kenosha too. It's where the big video where they uh, uh, looted. There was it's like a five below and a dollar store, and you know who loots a dollar store anyway. But um, and the police had shown up, but there were just so many people there that they just left. It was kind of like mm, we're not even gonna mess with this because we'll just let them take what they want to take and do what they're going to do as long as nobody gets hurt we don't really care because i guess they were viewing it if they stuck around and tried to control that it would turn into something that people would get hurt is i guess their logic behind it i don't understand that no no there is no logic behind it they saw that they were outnumbered and that they should have took the national guard assistance and they turned it down and they like there's no way we can we can't put ourselves between this crowd of people and their objective because they will take us. Right. Which is why we they will be gave ineffective. up. We will be ineffective in anything we attempt to do because we do not have the numbers to basically 
use overwhelming force against right. this crowd because there's not enough of us. Which is why it happened in Portland, which is why they lost the police precinct. They took over mm-hmm. the police precinct and the, the, chief, the uh, police chief just ordered for them to all withdraw and they just turned it over. And that, now, I think they kept it for like six or seven days. Of that, the guy in charge of that precinct could have turned it into an Alamo type situation, right? But then now you're you're basically you're the police and you're shooting on the citizens, which it looks bad. I can kind of see his his logic in. Yeah. We're just going to leave this, just just pick up and just just get out of here. Let them come in and destroy the building, which I think sucks. And it's wrong, and the people that do that should be held accountable. Right. But, I mean, to intentionally stay there and just shoot these people, I mean, what, what else are you going to do? You're out in the, you're in, you're in the police precinct. You're outnumbered. You know, they're there. They're, they're enraged for whatever reason. There's no talking to them. There's no, let's, you know, they're up there in that. And? What is it, the monkey brain or the lizard brain or whatever it is they talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where they're living at, and there's no talking to them. So, I mean, I kind of see why he made the choice he made. I don't necessarily agree with it totally, but I can see the logic behind it. But now when the protest started spilling out into the neighborhoods, yeah. at that point, you know, if you're a person living in any of those houses that those people are going through, the neighborhoods and they decide to you know hey we're going to start a fire over on that one at that point right you know if you've got a gun and you're in that house and you shoot that individual trying to start a fire on your porch trying to burn your house down i ain't got no sympathy for you you shouldn't have been on the man's porch to begin with and you shouldn't have been trying to start his house on fire yeah but I'm the sorry. man living in the house is probably going to go to jail oh i'm sure he probably would have because uh this this case right here will definitely decide how uh, self-defense is defined in this country. Because to me, this is cl- as clear as clear self-defense is. It and, is. You're absolutely right. It is clear self-defense. But like I said, I just have a feeling that the left is going to use this and these these anti-establishment people are going to use this as an example of and especially with the way the CNN reporter was reporting it and the fact that this guy's a vigilante and he's just running rampant throughout the city just shooting people at random you know that's the kind of stuff that they're reporting about him and uh, there's a lot of people out there probably that that's the only thing they've ever heard and then when the you know innocent or the mistrial comes back there's going to be a huge portion of the country that only listens to CNN and only listens to the mainstream media and don't actually go out and look for these videos like what we're watching right here that show things uh, and didn't watch the trial, don't know anything, they're going to be upset. And they're going to be like, right. how did they get off if this is what he did? How, you know, They said he did this, this, and this. They said he was this, this, and this. How could they let him off? This just shows you how corrupt the system is. Yeah. we got to fix it. That's where I'm thinking it's going. You have to be like this, Sheriff. Um, it's a video of, uh, it was a traffic stop, and uh, the two officers uh, end up getting shot at, shot, uh, taking fire from uh, the guy in the vehicle. 
and they come up on him as he's they're now they're kind of circling around the car as they're shooting at him and he's shooting at them and um but they uh they unload on him take a look at this video exactly what he deserved and to those out there who might be foolish enough to ask why we shot him so many times that answer is simple because evil can never be dead enough because evil can never be dead enough because the people were complaining because the officers when they shot the guy he went down they just like kept boom 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 unloading into him until the Mm. threat was eliminated because he was still shoot he was still had his gun in his hand firing just because, yeah, right. just because he went down, he was, mean, he, it was he, over. He was put on the ground. Right. He was still returning fire. Right. He was still a threat. Right. So you keep shooting until the threat is eliminated. But most liberal Not necessarily if the threat is dead. Right. That's not what just, you're looking for. Just stop. You're looking for the threat to be eliminated, to right. stop. He stopped throwing rounds, so he's no longer a threat. Right. Now we can move in and maybe, if he's still alive, offer some kind of assistance. If there's, you know... But if he's dead, there's no really no reason or no way to offer assistance. Right. Kind of like with Kyle, with the guy with the pistol. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he could have shot him again to kill him if his intention was to kill him. But it wasn't. It was to stop the threat. He shot him, hit him in the bicep of the arm he had the pistol in. He dropped the gun. Threat was eliminated. Um, because yes. that guy, he kind of he scampered off. Um, and you know, he testified about that being, uh, not far, you know, that Kyle didn't shoot him until, um, he pointed his gun at him. And then mm-hmm. the, the next day he went on CNN, Anderson Cooper interviewed him. Um, you know, he also has a $10 million lawsuit against the city for not protecting Who does? the guy, the gauge gross crate. Because the guy that Kyle shot that was pointing the gun at him, yeah, because the police, I guess, weren't out there protecting them, allowed and they allowed something like that to happen. Hmm. So wow. it kind of hurts his uh, his case to uh, admit on. Uh, but if he would have been successful in shooting Kyle, would he have then accepted, you know, being put on trial for murder? Well, see, the defense brought it up as, well, convicting Kyle would really help your case then, wouldn't it? What's that? The defense brought up when they were crossing him um, that if Kyle is convicted, that will really help his lawsuit against the city. Yes. Yes, it would. I died. With Rittenhouse taking the stand, what did you think of his testimony? Well, I think anytime you see your would-be murderer on the stand it, it, you didn't get killed but so he's not your would-be murderer but emotional and what was your reaction to to him breaking down and crying on the stand to me it seemed like a a child who had just gotten caught doing something that he wasn't supposed to more upset that he was caught and less upset about what he had done and what he had taken and the numerous lives that he affected through his actions that night. And, and Kimberly. See, he's trying to do damage control now for uh, oh, yeah. his lawsuit. But, and, and, and the thing of it is, is that if the man that's there interviewing him had a set of balls or wasn't biased in the far left position, he would have been like, well, you know, you could have affected Kyle's family's 
the rest of their life if you would have been successful in shooting him with your pistol. Right. You know. So what about your actions? Did you give any thought to your actions that night? Oh, no. My actions have no consequences. Exactly, because I'm... Oh, oh gosh! <laughs> just looking at him right now, I just feel like I should just be able to walk up and punch him in the face. Throat punch. <clears throat> he needs it. Yeah, his name's Gage Grosskreutz because they kept calling him Gages because he's got those big gauges in his ears. Mm. There you go. An active shooter, and that it's important that I believe, as you know, Gage has said that some of his testimony was extremely inconsistent. Um, you know, he was not, I believe, in imminent fear of danger for his own life. Um, Gage acted and, and, you know, he was not threatening. Yeah, they said that Gage was, he put his hands up and was surrendering to Kyle. He was trying to surrender to him, which makes no sense. But then he pointed his weapon at him. Yeah. That's not someone trying to surrender to him. That's someone trying to get close enough with their pistol so that when I do eventually put my my pistol down into a firing position, yeah, I'm more likely to hit my target because I've gotten in close by pretending to surrender. So that when I get in real close, I can bring it down and maybe get the jump on this kid and shoot him. Yeah, but in which case, once he's seen, then you know. Well, that's what uh, Tim Poole talked quick about enough. because the prosecutor, when they were when he was in inter- when he was. Uh, um uh doing uh Rittenhouse, he asked him, um, well if he was coming up with a with his gun, his pistol, you know, he he could have shot you from like thirty yards away. Why did he not shoot you back there where it would have been safer for him? You know, it because he was trying to imply that he was no threat, that he never was going to shoot him, that he was just coming up, walking towards him. And he kept saying, well, he kept coming at me with a gun. And he was like, yeah, well, so here's the thing. At 30 yards with a pistol, depending on what caliber it is and, and you know, right. whatever, 30 yards with a pistol may not be a, a oh, good yeah. shot. He's, there's no you way he probably would have hit him. Yeah. You're looking at, yeah, that's, that's, you want. With a pistol, and especially the smaller calibers, you want to get in as close as possible so that you're more apt to hit your target. And if you're not really good with a pistol anyway, 30 yards, I mean, if he hasn't practiced that kind of shooting, he's, you know, he's just basically wasting ammunition. Yeah, and his, He might get lucky and hit him. And his gun was illegal, so. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible at 30 yards to hit something with a pistol. But that takes training, that takes practice, and I don't know how much practice what this they guy do? has. McCross really biased. Shooting expert there to say uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> they didn't have the, no ballistics, no no anything. So I mean the 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 but the prosecution I mean, didn't you know, either. So, if I mean, it was me and I was wanting to put a case together and, and try to get this kid off, I think I'd have had some kind of shooting guy there saying, you know, at thirty yards away, is that a good pistol shot or would you want right. to get closer? And anybody, any shooting person with their saw is going to be like with a pistol, depending on the caliber. Yeah, you want to get in close. Yeah, the pro- see the prosecutor kept bringing Here's up stuff. Here's an example stuff. for you. We were at the we were out at the range, uh, and this was years and years ago. It was back when I was riding auxiliary, and uh, I'm not sure how far it is from the pavement to the where we set the uh, targets up at. But we had a little uh, a 38 revolver, and each one of us got six rounds. 
and we went back there to the pavement and we were shooting at this target that I think the FBI or somebody had left. Yeah. And uh, I'm out there with a bunch of firearms instructors. There's three firearms instructors and then there's me. I'm helping run the range and they're in charge. Right. So we take this 38, we go back to where the, the pavement is and it's like I said, it's a good distance. I'm not sure exactly how far it is. I'd have to measure it to be able to say for sure. But we're shooting at this target, right? And the thing is, is we've, you know, they're all betting money. It's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, hit it and stuff like that. And these firearms instructors, two of them didn't even put a shot on the paper. <laughs> one of them did, one of them did hit the paper, but that was it. So, I mean, and it was close enough to where if you were, you know, getting shot at, you probably would have heard it whistling by your ear. Right. Okay. And so, they're all, you know, they're all big firearms instructor people, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, these guys got to be good shots. And they they, they, they are, I think, because they, they made it through the instructor class. And so they're like, you want to give it a try, Russell? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So they give me my six rounds. I get up there, put them in, pull up, boom, 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 boom. I actually was able to put one of the rounds right here, and it probably went through, I don't know, like right there on the shoulder. Yeah. So I was the only one that actually hit the target, per se, or what we were shooting at, of the four of us. The other three, one guy put, like I said, he put one one round on the target because there was a hole like right up here beside the dude's head. I don't know, probably about like out here. Hmm. So I mean, if you heard that, you probably heard that round going by, <laughs> yeah. but it didn't do anything. <laughs> but I actually, and I wasn't even, like I said, I'm not a firearms instructor. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just some schmo helping out run the range, and I was able to put one like right in here, you know. And I was just, and I, and I was the last one to shoot too. And I was like, I guess I should have put money down. I'd be, I'd be taking it home with me right now. <laughs> and everyone was pissed off. <laughs> oh, my eyes are burning. But yeah, they didn't have uh, the the prosecutor today. Which he's a full, I mean, he's so hateable. <laughs> anyway, um, and to me, he just comes across. I can't imagine anybody on the jury listening to him would find him. I don't know. He he's just so not likable. He's so not that that has anything to do with the facts, but you don't believe anything he says. He's he's so he's, he comes across so unethical. Um, but I mean, and you got to think about. 30 yards away, like I said, it's not an impossible shot to make. You can you right. can hit targets. But this was also after dark. It was in the dark. It was nighttime. That's going to that's gonna affect how things go. You know. Uh, so all those factors involved, if you've got a pistol and you're wanting to shoot at somebody, you're going to want to get as close as you can, you know, safely, I should think. I mean, that would be, that would be my guess. That'd be the only reason why. The only reason I can think of that he wouldn't pull the trigger from further away is because I don't think he was trained with his pistol to shoot and probably shoot at night. And so he was wanting to get in as close as possible so that he could get that good shot on Rittenhouse. That'd be my guess. There's the uh, prosecutor holding up the rifle. You notice he's got his trigger or his finger on the trigger. Yeah, which is a no-no. Yeah, and he's pointing it at the jury. 
Right. Yeah. Um, and he Which didn't. Is also a no, no. And he didn't clear the. He didn't clear the weapon before he picked it up and did it. Which is that's no, no number three. Yeah. Said Alec Baldwin must whenever, have taught him uh, gun ma- weapon, control. The first thing you do is you clear it. Make sure that there's nothing in it. That is the very first thing you do when you pick up a weapon. You open it up. You say, "Okay, there's no weapon, no rounds in the chamber. We're good to go." Yeah. And even even once you do know that there's no weapon, no rounds in the chamber, you don't point a weapon at something you're not going to kill or right. not going to destroy, right? Or not going to shoot at. You know what I'm saying? Depending on what you're doing, if you're hunting, you point a weapon at something you're going to kill it because that's what you're there to do. You know, if you're pointing a weapon because of a threat. You're pointing it to stop a threat. This, so this guy is an idiot. And then you never put your finger in the trigger until you're ready to actually pull the trigger yeah. and send rounds downrange. So this guy is just an idiot. I'll talk to you later. All right. See you. Bye. See you, bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again, and see you next time.